Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Bob Lazar. That's correct, we're talking about Bob Lazar. Now this is um, something I haven't really gotten into too much because I just didn't know what to think of, of this guy. No doubt about it, though, he's a big part of UFO folklore, and he goes back a long way, so uh, love him, hate him, believe him, don't believe him. You just can't get around Bob Lazar. And one podcast is not going to be enough to cover this guy. I mean, the Bob Lazar story is very interesting. Whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, I mean, it's it's there. So I just want to go over a couple articles that I think are relevant that kind of talk about where Bob is at today. I want to go through these a little bit, and then we'll come back to the subject a little bit later. I want to cover things like Element 115, uh, his relationship with George Knapp, and some of the earlier days. But right now, I think it's important to see where the Bob Lazar story is today. And the first article comes from, looks like, Just a Rich J-U-S-T-R-I-C-H-S-T. Okay, just the richest. Huh, that's silly. All right, and the article title is What Happened to Bob Lazar and Where Is He Now? And the article's by Edola Suan, and it has a date here of June 18th, 2020. It starts off and it says, uh, and this is an updated article, so that's why it might sound just a little bit dated. It says a recent Storm Area 51 trend on social media has rekindled mainstream conversation about the existence of aliens and UFOs. At the heart of that conversation is Bob Lazar, a man who once stunned American citizens with claims that he worked in a secret site on alien technology. His claims have been a subject of controversy, rejected by those who do not believe in the existence of aliens, and as proof by those who do. I just want to stop right there. Now, there are a lot of people that do believe, or at least some, I've heard it come out over the years, I, I believe Stanton Friedman had something to say on this, and we can look at that later. But not everybody uh, who believes in ET or ID or NHEs uh, also automatically believes in Bob Lazar. So they're kind of simplifying terms just a little bit. He goes on and says, His resurgence in the news has left observers wondering what happened to Bob Lazar after he came out with his claims. And this article... We answer that question along with answers about what he has been up to and where he is now. And then it says, what happened to Bob Lazar? On a seemingly regular day in May 1989, history was made when the Las Vegas TV station KLAS became the first mainstream mainstream news outlet to link the government military base Area 51 with aliens. It did so via an interview with Bob Lazar, who appeared in the first interview under the pseudonym Dennis. I think it's real important to give um, credit to some of these guys that did this early uh, groundbreaking work. And this is, here we are going back 31 years, and they're talking about this stuff, you know, before the Internet, before it was even really 
uh, socially acceptable to talk about this stuff. It says, to ufologists and fans, his interview which he claim, in which he claimed that he worked for the U.S. government on alien aircraft at a subsidiary, at a subsidiary facility in Area 51 named S-4 became proof of what many had spent decades looking for. I'll point out here, too, that we've done podcasts on the Area 51, and specifically on S-4, and I uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but somebody had spotted what they believed was the uh, entrance level to this underground base S-4, and pointed it out on um, on the Google Maps. It says, according to, job, according to Bob Lazar, who conducted... Subsequent interviews with his real identity, he worked on the reverse engineering of a flying saucer. Well, I can think of the name right now. Uh, George Knapp did the first interviews here. George Knapp, of course, is a legendary UFO uh, investigative journalist. Uh, man, I'd agree with him on every single thing that he comes up with, but uh, his credentials are impeachable, in my opinion. And I believe... George Knapp was the first guy to take this public out of Kelly S. So we have to get credit where credit's due. According to Bob Lazar, who conducted subsequent interviews with his real identity, he worked on the reverse engineering of flying saucer. He said the saucer was fueled by a chemical element with atomic number 115, later named Muscovium. He also claimed that while working at the secret facility, he read of the Earth's ongoing relationship with aliens from the binary star Zeta Reticuli, which stretches back 10,000 years. His story, expe- his story expectedly went under scrutiny, and they were considered a hoax by a majority of, sci- of the scientific community, but what happened after he came out with the claims? A year after the interview was, uh, interviews were released... A couple of important things happened in Bob Lazar's life. He was arrested in 1990 for aiding and embedding, aiding and abetting a prostitution ring. The charges of the crime were later reduced to felony pandering, for which he pled guilty and was sentenced to 150 hours of community service. As part of his sentence, he was also instructed to stay away from brothels and undergo psychotherapy. Later in the year, he filed for bankruptcy. Now, that's interesting because I believe he was living in Nevada at the time. Of course, as I understand it, prostitution is only legal in specified areas of Nevada. And this would seem like maybe somebody could get caught in a honey trap there. I don't know. I'm not sure what Bob's um, statements on that are, so I'm not going to speculate. To those who believe his claims, a wave of legal problems and the financial difficulty he faced after the interviews are believed to have been been engineered, engineered, I think is what I'm trying to say, by the government as part of the effort to discredit him and keep him quiet. Bob Lazar himself continues to insist that what happened to him wasn't ordinary and he is still under government surveillance to this day. So far, the evidence of either claim has not been found, and if those incidents were truly meant to keep Lazar quiet, they haven't been very effective as Bob Lazar continues to speak of them to this day. Now, the article continues here, and it says, At the time Bob Lazar was interviewed by KLAS, documents showed that he worked as a self-employed film processor. Now he owns and operates United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies, a company in, <clears throat> in Langsburg, Michigan. Now, this guy must be, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into it in this podcast, but I've 
heard less than uh, complimentary things said about Bob Lazar's uh, competence in physics or mathematics. But he must be a pretty bright guy. I mean, he seems like he's attracted to technical fields. And, of course, you know, this is 1989. He's doing this photo uh, developing business, which it must be some sort of specialized uh, operation because people aren't taking it to their local, you know, drugstore to have the pictures developed. They're taking them to Bob. Secondly, I mean, he was successful enough that he was supporting himself, so he must have been making a fair amount of money. And then he gets into this other uh, company. Now, I think this is still going, and we'll talk about this in the next article, called uh, United Nuclear Scientific Equipment Supplies, where he's dealing with some pretty highly specialized uh, elements, it sounds like. And it sounds like, you know, you need uh, some degree of scientific competence to deal with this stuff, or you, you might end up uh, really injuring yourself. Now, he says some of the company's products include radioactive ores, non-radioactive elements, radiation sensors, and a variety of lab chemicals. Since Bob Lazar established the company, he has also faced additional legal problems. He was charged in 2006 for violating the, hazard, the Federal Hazardous Substances Act, in 2007, he was also charged for the illegal sales of chemicals and components used in the manufacturing of illegal fireworks. He pled guilty to both charges. In mainstream media, the story of Bob Lazar and, and what supposedly happened to him at Area 51 has been made into a feature-length documentary. The documentary, Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers, was released in 2019 on the streaming service Netflix. Now, I haven't watched this yet because I really didn't have time to, to do it before the podcast, and I wasn't real worried about watching it before the podcast, because as soon as I started looking to Bob Lazar's story, I immediately realized that there was no way you're going to cover this in one podcast. I mean, you could probably do 20 podcasts on this guy. But I will watch the Netflix video, and we can talk about this at a later date. Now it says, it was produced by George Knapp, the investigative journalist who interviewed him initially in 1989. Yes, George Knapp is a legend in the UFO investigative community. I mean, no doubt about it. Just like Stanton Friedman was a legend in the UFO investigative community. He goes on and says, Aside from running his company and appearing in documentaries, he also runs an annual festival for pyrotechnic enthusiasts. He runs a festival which is named Desert Blast with his friend, Gene Huff. The festival features homemade explosives, rockets, and other pyrotechnics. Pyrotechnics. Now, this is strange. I don't know. I mean, I don't know a lot about the fireworks business and uh, getting the permits to uh, possess all that. that At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Type of uh, equipment and type of fireworks. But you know, it seems like the government is trying to size this guy up as kind of a kind of an outlaw by throwing these charges at him. 
But if he was that terrible, it makes you wonder, I mean, if he did everything the government says he did, how on earth would he ever be able to pass a background check to even purchase uh, the, the ingredients to make fireworks? Uh, the, and right there, so right there I'm starting to say, well, maybe maybe something happened that he felt like he was forced to plead guilty to, okay, because we know that the uh, federal government has, what, like a 97% conviction rate? We saw this with General Flynn and Roger Stone. So it's one of these things where you have a little bit of doubt about the guy's judgment, but then at the same time he has a business that uh, requires a, what looks like it would be a pretty high degree of sophistication and scientific competence. So you're thinking, well, how can the guy, you know, just be some lunatic who's out there claiming to have seen UFOs if he's able to run this business and if he is able to come up with the paperwork and pass the background checks to put on a fireworks display? I don't know. It's strange. It says he also appeared at the Festival for Ufologist UFO Fest where he speaks about his claimed experience and other related subjects. So that's from that article. I thought it was a pretty decent article for a short, you know, just a short little write-up. It got a lot of the facts in. It lets us know where Bob Lazar kind of comes into the UFO folklore. This is back in 1989 with George Knapp. We'll get into those details later. But for now, I just want to I just want to get a picture up there for us to see about where is Bob Lazar at right now. You know, a lot of these guys come along, they can make outlandish claims or they can make you know, really over-the-top claims, and then they just disappear, or sometimes they end up, you know, in a bad end. And we've seen that happen with some of these fellows. But with Bob Lazar, you know, to his credit, it seems like he made these claims, and it seems, seems like he's been kind of this self-employed guy uh, doing business in a somewhat uh, scientific, uh, technically-oriented business for all these years. So it looks like he's been somewhat successful in life. So you're thinking, well, he's not just a lunatic. He's got something else going on here. We've got to give the guy some credit. Now, the next article I found was from Vice.com and uh, off the motherboard section. And it says, this one I think was from, okay, November 13, 2019. So this is not too long ago. And before I continue, I have both these articles posted at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. You can get there by going to Warning Sub UFO or just go to UFO Warning at Twitter. Be sure and do a follow. And uh, I would just mention briefly the reason uh, not I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing the podcast because people have asked me to for a while now. But also with the recent uh, Senate committee, uh, Intelligence Committee uh, meetings with the Defense Department, uh, the Navy Office Intelligence, all the revelations about ATIP. And um, the one um, astrophysicist, oh, I'll think of his name in a minute, who came out and made the comment about not of this world vehicles uh, being uh, being in the possession of the Defense Department. Well, when you start talking about not of this world vehicles being uh, in possession of the Defense Department or the Air Force or the Navy or whoever, and most of us who have been studying the UFO phenomena for very long think of Bob Lazar pretty quickly because he was the guy who back in 1989 claimed to have been working on these things. So he's ahead of the curve. <laughs> Either he's a very fortuitous liar or something was going on there that Bob maybe knew about. Now, I don't know if it's all true, but there's enough that's true that's really interesting. I don't know. I just don't know. Now, this title says, Bob Lazar says the FBI raided him to seize Area 51's fuel. The truth is weirder. And 
It goes on, it says, New documents obtained by motherboards show why the FBI raided the Area 51 Insider Scientific Supply Company. And this article is by Tim McMillan. Now, this is the company, I believe, that was lo- located up there in uh, Michigan, where Bob is selling these different types of elements, and, and it seems like some of the stuff's radioactive. Okay, so the article starts on May 24, 1989, in a live interview with investigative reporter George Knapp on KLAS Las Vegas. Robert Bob Lazar took the first steps toward becoming one of the most influential and controversial figures in all of UFO lore. Concealing his identity and using the pseudonym Dennis, Lazar said that deep within an unconfirmed section of Area 51 called S-4, he'd once worked on recovered extraterrestrial spacecraft for the U.S. government. Months later, no longer concealing his identity, Lazar claimed the U.S. government was now waging an all-out COVID covert war against him. He said it shot out one of his tires and erased all of his educational records from Caltech and MIT. Lazar eventually claimed that while at Area 51, his job was to, reserve, was to reverse engineer an alien material called Element 115 that he claimed was used to power an alien spacecraft. Lazar was repeatedly Rizal, excuse me, Rizal has repeatedly hinted that he took a piece of Element 115 from Area 51 and that this element is of, is of great interest to the federal government. Wow, now that's a lot of information. And we hear this a lot from some of these guys that come forward that they feel like they've been targeted by the government or the deep state after they come forward. And you don't know. I mean, some people say, well, why wouldn't they just eliminate the guy? Well, maybe it's Twofold. Maybe it's just easier for the government to let these people uh, discredit themselves and have people write them off as crazy. And also, maybe it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like opening the lid on the teapot a little bit. You know, this curiosity and this demand and drive for disclosure, I think, sometimes reaches a boiling point, and that's when these deep state actors kind of maybe uh, are compelled to uh, hit the release valve a little bit, let the tea kettle whistle. And maybe that's what Bob's role was, was to, hey, just let this guy go out here and say what he wants. There's nothing that he can do to hurt us. We can write him off as a crazy, and we can let the crazies be calmed down. I think that's her attitude with some of these guys. I don't know. Now it goes on here and says, uh, In the years after his initial appearance, Lazar largely returned to private life. He eventually opened a business called United Nuclear Scientific a scientific supplies and equipment store based in New Mexico and then Michigan. Earlier this month, the company announced it's moving to Oregon. From radioactive ore to ammonia nitrate, a quick check of Lazar Scientific Supply Company's website reveals the business caters toward the exotic and potentially dangerous side of science. A whimsically strange Levian gif on the site's homepage says, Looking for some uranium? Click here. Wow, that does kind of set a couple of alarm bells off. If the guy claims to be selling uranium, you're starting to think, well, you know, what's this dude all about? It goes on, it says, but now, 30 years after initially talking to Area 51, Lazar and United Nuclear Scientific have become part of a new and unusual situation that conspiracy theorists claim is tied to Element 115. It's worth noting that Lazar's Element 115 is not Muscovian, an element that was first synthesized in 2003 and added to the periodic table in 2015. Hmm, that's strange. 
right, right in the middle of the production of a documentary about Lazar's life, United Nuclear Scientific was raided by the FBI, by the FBI and local police. Lazar and his followers have found this to be very suspicious and have theorized that the FBI was attempting to recover samples of Element 115 that Lazar took from Area 51. Conspiracy theorists suggest that Lazar was under government surveillance and that this is the latest in a decade-long harassment campaign against Lazar by the feds. Whoa. Well, it seems like we're all under surveillance, you know, at, at one level or another. And if you're selling uranium, I'm guessing that you are going to be under some sort of surveillance. And I'm not sure that I'm not okay with that. I mean, it's uranium for crying out loud. Now we go on here, it says, What actually happened on that raid, uncovered in documents obtained by Motherboard using public information request, doesn't seem to have anything to do with Element 115, but the real story is almost as bizarre. While Lazar was seemingly content spending decades as a small business owner, the police raid wasn't the only thing that brought Lazar back into the limelight. In late 2018, he was a subject of a documentary made by filmmaker Jeremy Kenyon, Locklear, Corbel, called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. A self-proclaimed protege of George Knapp, Corbel said it took considerable convincing on his part to get Lazar to return to the public eye. Corbel, I want to stop right there. You know, it does speak a little bit to um, Lazar's credit that he went a long time without talking about this, so it wasn't like he was profiting off it, or at least not that I can see. So it doesn't seem like he was seeking celebrity status or seeking to make his experience at Area 51 his full-time job. Got to give the guy credit. He went out there and started his own business, even if that business was plagued with some problems. Now it goes on here and we say, um, Lazar, <coughs> excuse me, Corbel, who also stars in the film, has made a name for himself in the paranormal genre, previously released the documentary Hunt for the Skinwalker and Patient 17. Under the title Sensei, he also sold instructional videos for MMA style that involves sports, street, and art. Okay, listen, if you haven't seen Patient 17, you need to watch it. I think it's on Netflix still. It's, and I talked about it in one of the podcasts. It's a pretty good movie. I think one of the top ten as far as UFO movies go. It involves a doctor, what I believe was Norman Lear. He passed away. He was the guy that was taking, out the, taking these implants out of people. And, uh, man, if you're on the fence believing whether or not implants are real, uh, this won't just knock you off the fence. It'll put you in the middle of pasture. It's, it's, it's something else. It's, it's a little spooky. Okay, I'll just say that. But you have to watch that movie. It's amazing. Okay, it says, though, Bob Lazar, excuse me. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Though Bob Lazar, Area 51 of Flying Saucers is largely a contemporary retelling of Lazar's original story, the police raid on United Nuclear Scientific is central to the film. In the beginning moments of the documentary, viewers from Corbell huddled into a neon-lit bathroom, frightfully poring over a series of text messages saying Lazar is currently being raided by the feds. In an ensuing scene, Knapp, a co-producer of the film, says, I had a feeling something like this might happen. 
climax of the film lays out what they think the raid is really about, an attempt to recover the supposed alien energy source, Alien 115. Well, listen, if there's such a thing on this planet as 115 where you can power spaceships with it, I'm not sure Bob should have it. I'm not sure that To the Academy of Stars and Tom DeLonge should have it. I really don't think any individual should have it because that's basically having a mini-atomic bomb in your hand if you have that much power under your control. Something like that should probably be locked in an underground base somewhere like Area 51. Okay, just for the peace of mind of everybody. Just saying. It goes on and says, No evidence of the existence of, L- of Lazar's element 115 has ever surfaced. However, according to Lazar, this alien artifact is a highly radioactive element that allows alien spacecraft to traverse the cosmos impervious to Earth's effects. If it's highly radioactive, then the FBI should have no problem finding it because they definitely have equipment to find radioactive stuff. You can simply do a Google search of, uh, of people who have been taking their pets home uh, along tollways, and that pet happened to have had an x-ray at the vet's office, and it set off a radiation detector, and they got a visit from the federal government wanting to know where uh, the bomb was, or the nuclear waste was, or whatever. And this stuff is tracked, okay? And because it's radioactive, and it sends off a pretty, I think, a pretty loud signal, they are capable of finding it. So I'm a little skeptical that Bob would actually be have anything in his possession that was highly radioactive. I don't know. Maybe he's got it you know, hidden inside a lead line safe. But there again, I am not comfortable with having uh, private individuals having it in their possession highly radioactive material that's uh, solely under their control. Now it says, it's a super heavy element, Lazar once told Larry King. It's a unique element. When it's exposed to radiation, it produces its own gravitational field. Well, if it's already radioactive, I don't know why he would have to expose it to more radiation. But it says its own grav and its own anti-gravitational field, and it's what it's what's used to lift and propel the craft. Conspiracy theorists and Lazar himself have suggested that Lazar stole a piece of Element 115 from Area 51, and that he has it to this day. The only presently known form of Muscovian has a half-life of of uh, 0.65 seconds, and would thus have decayed very quickly. Nevertheless, the thinking is that the government wants it back, which is why law enforcement raided Lazar's business. Since Corville's documentary was released late last year, Lazar's supporters have become more militant about the accusation that the FBI improperly raided United Nuclear to recover elements of 115. Listen, if you've stolen something top secret from the government, they absolutely have the right to come back and retrieve what it is that you stole, okay? And they will probably retrieve you as well. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Now, we, you can just Google uh, moon rocks recovered, and you will find out that back in the, what, 60s, 70s, whatever, uh, multiple little moon rocks were given away, okay? by supervisors when they weren't supposed to. And the army is still going around collecting those rocks today. And they will come to your house and collect them. And they may collect you. So the government is very uh, possessive about its stuff. Okay, let's just put it that way. And they don't seem to have a lot of trouble finding their stuff when they really want to. So I'm a little skeptical that Bob has this stuff hidden anywhere at home.
I mean, my guess is is that if they thought for about a second that he did have something this valuable, he would be a cellmate next to Julian Assange, underground somewhere, and people would be saying, Bob who? So this part is a little, this is where you kind of lose me a little bit. But, let's continue. It says, why did the FBI raid the home of the biggest alien truther? According to months worth of incident reports obtained by Motherboard, the 2016 raid on the United Nuclear, on United Nuclear was part of an ongoing and extensive murder investigation that includes state, local, and federal authorities. The documents make no mention of Element 115. According to reports written by Michigan State Police Sergeant Detective Thomas Rajala, the events leading up to the search of United Nuclear began in late 2015 with the mysterious death of 31-year-old Janelle Struzel. Rahala says doctors concluded Struzel was poisoned and died of thallium toxicity, colorless, odorless, and tasteless. Thallium sulfate has been described as the poisoner's poison due to the substance's high toxicity and difficulty to detect. Thallium is most often used in the manufacture of electronics, as well as in glass manufacturing and in the pharmaceutical industry. When isolated, it looks like tin. Thallium is a regular topic of conversation among elements collectors, who try to obtain samples of as many elements in the periodic table as possible. According to the Michigan Police Reports and United Nuclear Scientific website, Lazar's company sells thallium, and the police search was intended to learn more about who he'd sold the material to. Lazar is not specifically listed as a suspect in the murder and the police documents. According to the report, Lazar, sometime in March of 2017, a woman provided him with her deceased brother's element collection, which Lazar agreed to sell through his website. According to the report, and Lazar... Thallium was indeed one of the elements in this collection. <clears throat> Thallium is something we never carried before and was just recently no donated to us by the family of an element collector that died, so we now have a collection of some unusual materials we've never had before, Lazar said in an interview, because the case is still active investig is still active investigation. Some names and details are redacted from the reports. MSP reports suggest that people that police believe one of their suspects may have purchased materials used in Sturzel's murder from Lazar. The documents note that the investigators obtained search warrants for a suspect's Google, Yahoo, and Bling search results and seized computers and other data from a suspect. Shortly after obtaining information about those internet searches, investigators decided they wanted to question Lazar. The MSP report indicates that <clears throat> local and state police traveled to several areas in Michigan to conduct interviews. During the same time frame, it's noted efforts will be made in contact will be made to contact Bob Lazar in person regarding any thallium cells specifically to an unnamed individual. Rajala goes on to say in his report that a police officer had recently discovered United Nuclear advertises thallium. A check of the business's website shows indeed United Nuclear Cells custom-made safety-sealed safety epoxy disk of thallium. According to the site's description, the thallium disk United Nuclear offers do not require any sort of spatial handling or storage, and they may be discarded with normal trash no longer needed. Wow. 
A local police report released to me in April by the Lindsburg, Michigan Police Department, now this is the author speaking, first hinted there might be more to the story than an unsubstantiated theft of, unproven, of an unproven alien element. The first report was sparse on details, but noted this investigation started in Huffton, Michigan in regard to a homicide investigation in May, Corbell told British Outlet Express. We believe the official intent of the raid was a cover story and that they were looking for a piece of fuel source for the extraterrestrial craft Lazar once worked on for the United States government at Area 51. Lazar and Corbell have publicly said Lazar's company was raided as part of a sustained surveillance campaign against a man who's been called a reluctant UFO messiah in the documentary. Lazar and Corbell discreetly discussed the possibility of Lazar having taken a piece of the mysterious element. The police search for the United Nuclear came the very next morning after this cloak and dagger discussion, according to Lazare and Corbell. In an interview with Larry King, Corbell and Lazar claim during the search that FBI agents were able to repeat back verbatim a portion of their previous day's private conversation. At the annual UFO festival in McMinnville, Oregon, Lazar told a crowd that the FBI had played an audio recording of he and Corbell's Element 115 discussion. According to the MSP reports, police had already obtained search warrants a day prior to Corbell and Lazar's conversation. When I spoke with Lazar, he told me he didn't believe everyone involved in the raid was aware of the work on the alien spacecraft, or Element 15. This is according to the author. However, Lazar was explicit in saying at least... Two mysterious individuals at the raid were absolutely concerned with his past and knew of he and Corbell's conversations. They asked to go upstairs with me and commented on the location of 115 and Jeremy said, and Jeremy said Lazar in the interview. Lazar and his supporters had been steadfast in saying it was the FBI who spearheaded the, church, the search of United Nuclear. Indeed, the MSP reports confirmed the FBI was present and involved in the search. And the article continues on for a little while, just kind of discussing this, and you can finish reading it, but <clears throat> it just kind of wraps up with there. And it looks like Lazar, you know, he he uh, cooperated with the law enforcement. He wasn't um, trying to hide anything. They didn't have a warrant for Element 115. They had a warrant for his records, apparently, of whatever he sold or bought, and he gave them access to, comp to his computer. So it doesn't it doesn't make him look like he's criminal. It just makes him look like, hey, maybe somebody bought something from him that was toxic and then used that toxic substance to commit a murder. Now, I have not come up with any updates uh, from this criminal this criminal investigation in Michigan. But you can kind of get an idea here. Uh, Bob Lazar uh, apparently is a pretty a pretty uh, pretty smart guy. Maybe even a little bit of a cagey guy. Uh, he's he's engaged in some uh, what appear to be perfectly legal businesses, although he has had um, federal problems with the government as far as like with the fireworks issues, uh, with uh, the stuff I believe is in, with, in Indiana with the uh, sex worker issues. But that doesn't make him a murderer. That doesn't make him a fraud. That just makes him a guy who either maybe has indulged in some things that he shouldn't have, or possibly, as he claims, he was falsely accused, is what he seems to be alluding to, and he simply pled guilty to avoid to avoid the 97, 99% conviction rate that uh, <clears throat> goes along with these kind of charges. I don't know. 
And the very fact that he's involved in these fringe businesses, though, and then he still is suggesting or implying that he could have this Element 115 is very interesting to me because I don't know why you would do that. If you had it, why would you put yourself at risk? He's saying that he stole it or implying that he stole it. And uh, this is something that, uh, number one, I would never do. And number two, I guess if I was the kind of person that would do it, I don't think I'd ever want to admit to it. Because to me, it would just jeopardize your life and freedom. However you look at it, Bob Lazar is a very interesting person. Uh, I think I might have been a little quick to, to disregard his story at first. The more I get into this guy, the more I find nuggets. And it seems like the more you learn, the more questions you have. And I haven't made up my mind yet in this fellow. I think we need to talk about him a little bit more because I think he deserves the attention that, that he gets, quite frankly. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.